0: Okay, guys, I think you're going to love this one. <laughs> it's, it's about relationships, okay? This is about personal relationships. It's about training your partner. That's right. I said training your partner. You mean like a pet, Randy? Yep, kind of like a pet. <laughs> you know, I guarantee you, your life will be better if you train or teach your partner to give you what you want and what you need from the relationship. Are you with me on this? It's so true. It's simple, isn't it? There's people out there that expect their partners to read their mind. I've heard this. Have you ever heard someone say to their husband or wife, they go, you should have known what I was thinking, or you should have known what I felt, or I thought you knew what I wanted. I mean, (laughs) that's some deadly stuff, guys. You know, I can tell you, Tiff and I, we don't have a relationship where either one of us have to read each other's minds for the relationship to go well. Expectations of my reading is not a good tactic for a healthy relationship, period. Because you're basically hoping your partner can guess what you're thinking. <laughs> and you know I'm all about hope. I mean, every, you hear me talk about hope constantly, but hope is not a tactic, period. Hope alone is not going to help you. Hope with a plan, now that's some powerful stuff. I mean, I would say that's unstoppable, hope with a plan. So how to train your partner. It starts with saying what you want in your life. Tell them what you want. For example, let's say that you wanted to spend some quality time with your partner. So you cook dinner, you're envisioning a wonderful evening together. When your partner gets home, he quickly eats and then he jumps out and goes to the garage to finish a project he's been working on. In that moment, you may get your feelings hurt. Why? Because he didn't read your mind. He didn't know that you wanted to spend some time talking. You wanted to talk and connect over dinner and you didn't. And you didn't get what you wanted but you prepared this great dinner so now what so now you're mad and upset right and you have a choice you could storm out of the garage and tell him he's an insensitive jerk which that always ends well doesn't it (laughs) it never ends well (laughs) or you could begin to train him to give you what you want in a relationship just like training a pet though it starts very small Stay with me on this, guys. The training of your partner starts very, very small. You could say something like, I was hoping to spend some time with you today. I miss spending time with you. It would mean a lot to me if we could just spend some time connecting. Notice that everything that got said right there, it's all about you. You didn't blame him for anything. You're not upset. You're expressing your need to connect. So he he may say to you, okay, so you want to talk? Sure, we, we can talk. And then he comes into the house and And he talks for like three minutes, but you were hoping for 30 minutes. So later that night, what you should do is thank him, praise him for the time he took. Thank him for the three minutes of conversation that you got. Now, here's the key. Notice that you're focusing on the good he does. You're rewarding what you want and you're not punishing him for what you didn't get. This is the key to the whole darn thing. Remember, training takes time and it's always little tiny baby steps. It would be healthy to have this conversation with your husband or wife. Just talk it out. Talk it out. You may not use the word train like I'm using the word train here. You may say something like, you know, we both want the very best for our relationship, don't we? Would you help me become a better person towards you? Would you you help me become better at loving you? Would you tell me any little things that I could do for you that would make you feel appreciated? In other words, I'm asking you to train me in the art of loving you. I don't think anyone would ever say no to that. You could ask your partner, you could say, Is it okay if I start talking to you about ways that I think our relationship could become richer? No one would say no to that. Of course, they're gonna say, Absolutely, I want that too. That's why you got married, by the way. By doing this, you have just inoculated each one of you from ever being offended or taking anything personally of what you say because you both have the set goal to to train each other to have a better relationship because the agreed-upon goal is to train one another to treat the other person in ways that will make the relationship deeper, more connected, and more meaningful. It's never to attack or to hurt the other person. It's to train them to make them better. Okay. So let's go back to recognizing that three minutes that you got what you wanted. You got the three, but you only got three minutes. You wanted 30, but you got three, remember? When you give credit and praise to your partner for even the smallest of things that they do for you, you are giving them recognition. Recognition is an award. People love to be awarded. You ever read, read about Peterson? He has a great segment on this where he talks about how B.F. skinner he would train these rats to do all kinds of crazy things. He could get the rats to do complicated things like climb a ladder, spin around, ring a bell, you know, jump on one foot. But it always started small. He would put the rats in a cage and they'd be running around. And as soon as one of the rats would put their hands on a ladder, you know, he goes, Skinner would give him a pellet, which was the reward. But it was that little tiny thing he did, just the hand on the ladder. Soon they caught on, the rats caught on. Then they put their hand on the next rung of the ladder. Boom, give them another pellet. The reward again. Then when the rats would reach to the next rung, boom, another, another pellet. Two more pellets. Bigger reward. And so it would go. But the key to this, Peterson goes, the key to this was patience. You had to be patient. He would wait for the rat to do what he wants and then reward the rat. <laughs> in, in Peterson's talk, he jokingly goes, So here's the relationship advice. Wait for the rat to do what you want and then reward it. (laughs) It is kind of funny. i got to admit it. (laughs) But like all animals, people love rewards. People love attention. So recognize all the good things your partner does, and you're going to begin to see more of the good things they do. When you reward even the small things, the small things will become big things over time. Peterson's got it going on, does not he? He says, you got to be patient, though. You're going to have to suppress your desire to respond to the negative things and only respond to the positive things your partner does. Ignore the negative. So reward the good, and you'll get more good. It's simple as that, isn't it? When someone does something good for you, and you want it to happen more often, you're going to have to recognize it. Praise them. In his example, it goes like this. Imagine if Tiff cleaned the entire house except for one little dirty pile of clothes. If I went in and pointed out that one pile of dirty clothes, how likely is she to be motivated to clean the house the next time? She'd think, okay, buddy, I cleaned the whole house, and you see the one thing I didn't do? You know, Frederick Nietzsche's got a saying on this stuff. He says, this is the worst thing that you could ever do to someone. This is the worst form of punishment you could ever do. If you want to punish someone, he says, don't punish them for something they'd done wrong. Punish them for something they'd done that was good. Now you've really hurt them. This happens a lot, doesn't it? Someone cleans the whole house except for a little spot, and that one spot gets pointed out. So in a relationship, if someone has done something right, never punish them, never point out the flaw. If you do that a few enough times, The relationship will be over. But this goes both ways. I say you should train your partner how to treat you. I do this with Tiff all the time. I tell her exactly what I like and what I want. What she could do to make me feel more loved and appreciated. And she always latches on to every one of them. I've gone to such extremes with this that I've told Tiff that I know I'm a person of extremes. If if I'm in a ski race, we're going to make the World Cup. If we're going to build a winery, it's the best winery in the world. If I'm angry, I'm really angry. And I know this about myself. So I've trapped myself. I told Tiff, I go, look, if I'm ever upset and you think I may say something that'll hurt you, all you need to do to shut me down is just look in my eyes and say, Randy, would you speak to me like this if God was standing right next to me? She used it on me once. Worked like a charm. I love y'all.
1: relationship guru huh
0: <laughs> funny um I think it's because I failed so much I kind of you know, I, I right? was gonna say that was
1: literally gonna be the question I was yeah. gonna open up before I uh, said yeah. that was like how many prior to t- I mean well you don't have to obviously tell me a number but you've probably been in your relationships to know the do's the don'ts the, oh, goods, the bads really yeah two yeah two yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, wow. But you've but they were successful and then unsuccessful or something. You know what I mean? Like you've learned a lot from yeah, those. Is what once. I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like enough for you to be like, yeah, yeah, did it once and never doing that one again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like tried this, didn't work out, and it caused the relationship to go this way. You know yeah. what I mean? So everything well, sets like, you up.
0: Failure doesn't teach you anything unless you reflect upon it. So like, you know, so I would say like in relationships, like, you know, anyone that says I've never failed a relationship, they're just lying. Right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, everyone has failures pretty much every week in a relationship. Something's going to happen. And and it, it takes a big person to reflect upon it and say, how can I improve myself so that doesn't happen again? you know, most people don't reflect back on it. So they don't learn anything. And this is why people repeat the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over and over. over,
1: Right. Like quite literally. But so I guess my one, my biggest question, um, from this is, and I imagine, right. Like you're an open guy. I'm an open guy. Sometimes maybe too open for people, right. Like people are like, wow, like you guys are a lot. Um, there's people out there that are very shut off. They're very, Uh, quiet or whatever Mm -hmm. however you Mm -hmm. want to put it but and but they're in relationships and during those relationships they might have hard times relating how you were explaining like i tell tiff this i want this i try this like that there's like a vulnerability factor that people Mm -hmm. have a hard time breaking there's like that barrier that people can't really push through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um to take a step in that right direction like sure i'd imagine it's I'm gonna say simple, right? But like my version of simple and other people's versions of simple are vastly different. But
0: has anybody ever accomplished anything without being vulnerable? Can you think of one thing? I can't think
1: of anything. I don't think so. But I'm also a little like so.
0: So in other words, like if you're gonna if you're gonna be if you're gonna accomplish anything in life, Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to make yourself vulnerable. It takes courage. Courage and vulnerability should be synonyms.
1: You're saying just being open from the beginning. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, in other words, if someone feels like, wow, I'm, I'm reserved, I'm quiet, I can't speak my mind. I, I don't know how they're going to respond to me. It, it takes courage. It ta- you have to be courageous. You have to be vulnerable in order to do that. And no one has ever accomplished anything without being vulnerable. Every job interview anyone's ever gone on, they made themselves vulnerable. When you first asked that person on a date, you were vulnerable. So they've done it once. If someone's married to someone, they were vulnerable at some point. So they have it in them to do it. I would say go back to that and go back to the strongest moment that you were in that relationship and re and be that person.
1: I guess I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Like the vulnerability aspect, like, oh yeah, everything you're vulnerable by asking somebody out, like.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. you, you can be rejected. Oh yeah. I mean, in fact, part of the reason people go, wow, Randy, you, you have a lot, a lot seems to come to you all the time. You seem to be successful in a lot of ways. You know why? I'm extremely vulnerable. I lay it out there just the way it is. And that's that. You know, I mean, it, I, I, I present all the time. Do I mess up all the time, <laughs> but it's like, but, but I'm willing to deal with those mess ups, hmm. you know, and it's, you know, it's the, it's the willingness to fail, you know, but in a relationship, if I were to ask you, what's the currency of a relationship, you know, some go I bankrupt. I know the answer to it
1: because right? we've like talked this. about this before. This. but I mean, yeah. it's,
0: it's, and it's so true. Some relationships go bankrupt and others become rich. There's a currency that they're trading and a lot of people live their entire life. And they don't even realize what the, what the currency is. And they don't, if you don't know what it is, how are you going to trade it? And the, the answer is: are these little tiny bids for an emotional connection. Dr. Gottman all the way. I mean, Dr. Gottman's got it going on, be on top of going on. The world should know this guy. I mean, when you, when you read his stuff, you go, oh, my God, it's as, if, it's as if the lights got turned on inside me. I now understand. Whereas once I was blind, now I can see. Now when I walk in the house and Tiff goes, doesn't the floor look clean? Careful, Randy.
1: You yeah, to be careful what you say.
0: That was a bid for an emotional connection. Doesn't the floor look clean? This means something to me. I worked hard on it. If she were to finish that sentence, that's what that would be. Doesn't the floor look clean? I worked really hard on this. And I had three kids running around all day. And I was able to get the floor clean. Please acknowledge this. It means something to me. That's what she's screaming. But a lot of times people don't say it like that. They'll go, what do you think of the floor? Is it nice? It's a small little, they're, they're, they're making themselves vulnerable. They're basically saying, please acknowledge this. It means something to me. And it, what happens is if their partner doesn't acknowledge that, doesn't, doesn't take that bid for emotional connection and put it in their bank account, then what happens is they slowly go bankrupt over time. So, I mean, it's, it's this simple. And a lot of times, you know, in life, your mind is, it can mess you up. It's it's purposely designed to automate everything we do in life. You know, we automate driving to work. We automate everything. You, I mean, people, I've... We automate reading. We automate, I mean, have you ever read a paging and, and you're thinking about something else?
1: Oh, yeah. Right. You're like, well, so I was I to reading? listen to books because I, you know what I mean? You're right. I can't focus right. on reading something. I have to listen.
0: Right. You know, this morning I'm listening to this guy and he's talking about how, you know, if you relate your mind like a computer, you, people live their life where there's 200 files open. But they're trying to focus on one file, but there's 199 files that are that they're, they're, they're open over here. Live your life where you got one file open at a time. When you're done with that file, file it away, get the next one out, work on it. This is what the successful people do. They don't have a hundred files open. They're not working on everything. I do one thing and do it really well. and I put it back and I can do something, something different. And you do it to completion. You know, that's saying smart, successful people only touch things once. You know, you won't, you won't if I want to put away a tool, I pick the tool up, I go put it in the toolbox, I put it away. Or I could pick it up, move it five feet, put it down, come back later, pick it up, move it five feet, put it down, pick it up. And people do, people act like that. They'll work on a project a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Pretty soon, 10 years go by and they didn't get anything done because they're working on everything, do one thing, you know, but your mind automates everything. It automates, it's, it's, it's an automation machine. And the problem is that we automate people. When you first meet someone, you don't know them. So you have to actively listen to them. So you're paying attention. So what happens is you're, you're seeing all these little bids for emotional connection and you're acknowledging them because you're infatuated with them. You got the chemicals going on in your body over time. That stuff wears off. And now, now all of a sudden real, real life has hit you. And, and you've woken up to this new world where, wow, well, I'm living with this person here. Um, I don't have this crazy infatuation, this burning thing going on because the, the, the chemicals have died down. This stuff can be proved through you know, chemical testing, right? And, and now it's our job to keep that relationship as rich and meaningful and valuable as it always was to, to actively put into it. You're never going to get a relationship that you don't invest into. We don't get the relationships we want. We get the ones we build. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, geez, I don't feel in love with you. Well, too bad. You know, that feeling that you had before, that was all chemical stuff. You, I mean, I can tell you today, I love Tiff more today than I did on our, on our, our, our wedding night because it's like, oh my God, I know her better. I, she knows me better. You know, we communicate clearer. I mean, Tiff, there's times we do this thing now where I'll go, did you just think, and she'll go, oh my God, yeah, I just thought that. Wow. At the exact moment, because we can get that tuned in. It has to do with pouring effort into it. You know, like if, and if you don't, if you never automate your significant other and you stay present in the moment with them and you're watching out for these little bids for emotional connection, your relationship could become so rich and so meaningful because you're constantly depositing them into your bank account and it'll, it it would never even become close to going bankrupt. You know, people, people, there's, it's a sad statistic, but I believe it's 99% of the people that get divorced. They say they still love each other.
1: Yeah. So wait,
0: is it love or care? Love, the word love.
1: Really? But yeah. what, 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 what I mean, are they saying love when it's substitution for care, right? Like, like I have a couple of friends that have divorced parents and they always say love, but it's like, well, if you love somebody, what would make you, and again, I'm not, and for people that are listening to this, this isn't me judging. This isn't me putting anybody on, like, this is just my pure speculation. Like I come from a, from a culture and an environment where <clears throat> on your wedding day is like, that's the day. Right. Like that is it. Like till death do us part. Like that is something that's like driven like that. And mentally I go, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what it is. So through the hard times, through the, through the best times, no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. So when people get divorced or when couples or relationships get divorced and things of that nature, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time understanding it because I'm like, well, where could it have gone wrong? What are you doing to fix it? You see mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So is it the love that separates it or is it like, do they not care mm-hmm. about the relationship? No. There's a difference between loving and liking. Okay. People tend to hang out with people they like, but yeah, we have the, po- oh yeah. Loving and liking. We right? did the podcast yeah. on that.
0: So, I mean, you know, mm. like it's, I, 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 joke with Tim all the time. I go, really, I really like you. You, you probably heard me say it. Really, yeah. I really like you redhead. Say it all the time. Cause you, you know, I, I really, I like I do like her. And if, if she, if she says things or does things or act in ways that I don't like, I always point it out and say, Hey, we're, this is, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not liking this too much. Can we talk about this? And we talk, we talk it out in the moment. You know, we don't let things fester. We don't let a a little grain of sand turn into a giant boulder that can crush the relationship. You know, like you just, you talk things out all all the time, you know, but uh, it right now, are there people that you know, that you love that just drive you crazy? Oh yeah. Right. So imagine being married to someone that you love, but they drive you crazy. I just don't want to be around you anymore. That happens to people. Wow. So you, but, but we do hang out with people we like. So how, how can you get them to like you? How can you like them more? Train them. Teach them. Yeah. Tell, tell them what you want, like and don't like. Yeah. Most people, never, they just don't do it. I don't know why not. You know, I, Tiff knows exactly what I like and don't like. And I tell you, it works well. And she's always trying to figure out ways to add more value to it. And so am I. And round and round we go. You know, and nothing's ever taken personally in a in sense. If I, if I were to say to her, hey, I really, I'd rather if you were to end the sentence, whatever that would be, she wouldn't go, oh, so you don't like that about me? Like, no, <laughs> she, she wouldn't do that. She would say, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I, I didn't know you liked that.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Right.
0: Like, liking and loving though. I mean, people always hang out with people they like, but you can love someone and can't stand to be around them.
1: That's true. That's powerful. And a solid way to go about it is one just being upfront, honest, straight to the point, like you were Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. But additionally, it's like training your partner. It's like, no, we got to train the relationship. Like it's a two-way street, takes Mm -hmm. two to tango. So Mm -hmm. both of us are going to train each other. You're going to train me. Tell me what you like, what you don't like when I'm doing something wrong. It's almost like bad, like bad. Don't do that.
0: Well, well, the whole talk was about the good. In other words, like the example is if Tiff cleans the house and the entire house is clean except for one little pile of clothes. And if I came in there and I'm like, oh, the house I looks see. great, but what's up with this pile of clothes? Focusing
1: she be, on the 1% right. instead of the 99%. Right. She'd
0: be like, good luck. I'm not going to clean the house anymore. Forget <laughs> yeah. that. You know, because I focused on that. But human nature is that because we see the flaws. We see the one thing it happens all the time. You know, I mean, if I give a presentation and it's like 99% great, but I mess up one little thing.
1: That's what you're focused that's on. That's what stands
0: out. Right. Mm. Because because everything else was correct. It's all done. There's nothing to be, nothing to be seen there. You know, this is why a thousand cars go down the highway, but then when there's one accident, everyone stops and looks. No one's looking at cars on the highway just because it's all normal. It's all fine. You know, but... It, uh, they, this is, the whole gist of this conversation is to focus on the little good things that they do and build upon that. Because people, just like animals, love to be praised. They love to be rewarded. So reward them for the things you like and ignore the things you don't like. And just like that, you will get more of what you like. It's really that simple. And, and it relates back to Dr. Gobbins making bids and receiving bids for attention, emotional, uh, bids for emotional connection. I, I, as a relationship with Tiff, I have to be good at making bids for, to Tiff. This is what I like. I'm making a bid. It would mean a lot to me if we could do this, whatever it would be. I need to be clear on that bid to her. She then needs to be understanding of receiving the bid. Okay. Randy's making a bid for an emotional connection. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that bid and I'm gonna acknowledge it. I'm gonna meet the bid and then some. That now we've connected. And on her end, she has to be clear to me, making bids to me for emotional connection. And then I need to be understanding of those bids, get them, build on them, make them better. When this happens, no one has to read anybody's mind because we're communicating clearly that we're not going, well, you, I thought you knew. Well, no, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You didn't, you didn't communicate clear with, clear with me. Hmm. You know, the whole key is just to say what's on your mind, no matter how hard it is in the moment, because it's like that saying that I say, say what you need to say today before one day you'll have to scream it.
1: Tim, you caused me to happen to be a better person, man. So I appreciate that. Every one of these podcasts, I'm always like, <sighs> All right.
0: Thanks, Rothman. Yeah, thank
1: you.